Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson. This week, uh, we've got three segments for you. We start things off with a new segment featuring myself and Neil, and we're later joined by Zach and Pedro uh, after some technical difficulties there. After that, myself, Neil, and Pedro talk about the greatest we launch title of all time, Excite Truck. Then, to round things out, J.P. Corbin, James Dawson, and Jared Rosenberg all get together to talk about Super Mario 3D Land and whether or not that's a stupid title. Enjoy. So we're going to kick off this segment with some listener mail and then get to some news. Um, with me right now, uh, Pedro Hernandez and Scott Thompson. Hello. You might recognize us from a later segment. <laughs> yes. Or, uh, yeah, I guess you're editing. So you would know if it's in the past or in the future. <laughs> yeah. We recorded it in the past, but you might be hearing it in the future unless you skip ahead to come back here. I mean, if you want if you want the real, I mean, this is like memento here, I guess. Right, yeah. If you want the real image of what happened. Right, yeah. How, how I hate Pedro now because of what he said <laughs> in that future segment. Damn it, Pedro. Um, but anyway, yeah, we're going to kick it off. We're going to kick off with some listener mail, and we got one one listener mail from Adolf Vega. And he says, what do you guys think of the following ideas for Wii U launch re-release games? One, Zelda Majora's Mask for Wii U with totally updated graphics shown at E3 2011, voice acting, and orchestrated music. The game expanded upon with new areas and more time, four days. Also, it has optional motion plus controls. Two, New Super Mario Bros. Wii U 2XL. The game is based on Mario e-reader levels, which combined aspects of all 2D games, including veggies, digging sand, football players, capes, Karibo shoe, etc. Also, the big gimmick is the ability to make your own Mario level with Wii U touchscreen and share them with friends. Also, these levels can be taken to go, taken on the go via 3DS. What do you guys think of these ideas for potential Wii U launch titles? Or well, I guess we we launch re-releases. Sure, um, yeah, that the new Super Mario Brothers one sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I mean we might get something like that because they did show New Super Mario Brothers Me last year, so maybe right. they will have something where it uses the you know the the tablet screen in more ways than just displaying the game. Yeah, but creating Mario levels just sounds awesome. Yeah, that would be great. Um, and the Majora's Mask one, I don't, I don't think will happen. No. I think we'll see a Majora's Mask 3DS game, but not that. It's, it's a nice pie in the sky thought. Out of curiosity, are any of you, if if there's any way that you think you're going to actually use your me playing that Mario game, I'm, I know I wouldn't ever. I, I most likely would not, unless <laughs> I'm playing with four people instead of being Toads. I would be a me. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, that's probably the only case for me as well. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think uh, um, there could be a Zelda game that could be re-released on Wii U that would be pretty cool, and that would be Wind Waker. (laughs) Um, Because we actually, we came up with ideas of what we thought would be good uh, launch re-release games. And I think that Wind Waker would be fantastic. As you guys were talking last week during the GameCube show, how Wind Waker, um, you know, with that Dolphin emulator with HD graphics looks beautiful. You know, give that a nice HD sheen, polish it up a little bit. Maybe even add in that missing dungeon that uh, supposedly was cut or, or, you know, put in some more content and put the Tingle Tuner on the Wii U mode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, no. That so that's, really that's my first idea for a, for a Wii U re-release title. Scott, do you got, you got anything? Yeah, sorry, I was trying to get... Pedro back into this call, yeah, but that's what I, tried to do. <laughs> I, I don't know. It looks like on. unfortunately, uh, Pedro is unreachable. 
<laughs> names of a show. So it'll be a two-man show now. Yeah. Oh, you know, he's trying to reconnect. Until Zach shows up. Yeah, 20 minutes late. Um, yeah, I wrote down two. One that's plausible and one that would never happen. Uh, first being Mario 64. Um, I especially enjoyed it in Super Mario Galaxy 2 playing through. Um, they had like a retro stage in there pulled from Mario yeah. 64, and that was awesome. That, that was awesome. And I, I think it'd be great to get an opportunity to uh, just play through the whole game and, you know, have it, yeah, like have updated visuals and everything like that would be pretty neat. And I guess kind of, you know, just a reminder of where all the 3D Marios come from and maybe even see how it holds up. You know, it could be a lot like this uh, Halo Collector's Edition now where, the, you know, you just put some updated graphics on it and it kind of surprises you with how well it was, you know, designed at the time and, and how well it controls and everything. Yeah. Um, my other idea that I had, uh, kind of, I guess, not really related to yours at all, just another one. Star Wars Rogue Squadron 2 Rogue Leader yes. with a targeting computer on the Wii U mode. Oh, man. Um, there was actually talk um, about a like a Star Wars Rogue Squadron collection coming to Wii. I think it was actually in development, but then Factor 5 died. So yeah. that's one of those things that just makes me cry. When I'm awake at night thinking about Star Wars games on the GameCube. <laughs> you just shake. In yeah, I'm just like, what happened? Force Unleashed 2 really wasn't that good. The first one was okay at best. Yeah. Like, ah. Well, we even, talked, we even talked last week when we were talking about all the GameCube stuff about Rogue Squadron 3 and how that was kind of a letdown. Apart from the two-player split-screen mode where you could play all of... Yeah, that was too, awesome. Which is just so I feel like random. that's the one thing. It's just kind of the trump card. Yeah. Where you're like, eh, the new stuff was kind of bad. But it had the entire previous game playable with two people. Yeah, what a great way to, like, buoy the score, the review score of your game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure uh, the one the one catch was that I don't think you could play it with, like, by yourself. I think you had to have two people yeah. to play the co-op in the original one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But Still, pretty, uh, pretty bold idea so, there. Yeah, so what was your second Wii U re-release title? <laughs> it would never happen, but I, I wrote down Earthbound. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of people haven't played this game, and a lot of people wanted to come to the virtual console, but supposedly with, you know, sampling of licensed music, uh, that's like sort of an impossibility, I guess. So I guess it'd be kind of cool to see them just rework the game, and, and you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be 3D and, and use HD visuals, but... Just rework the game and, and take out the bits that are causing trouble and just, I don't know, you know, let a whole new generation of gamers get the opportunity to play it. And then, you know, maybe that'll relaunch the whole series here in, uh, in the States, which would be great. Yeah, that, that would be awesome. Um, my last one is another pie in the sky. A Beautiful Joe HD collection. Ooh, that would be good. Because, <laughs> I mean, I guess I, I just got on the, the cell shading notion. And, I, I mean, I really miss the Beautiful Joe games. I mean, the first one's kind of unparalleled, but at least, I mean, the, the the second one was okay, and then it kind of went downhill from there. The DS game's okay at best, and then that fighting game's horrendous. Yeah. That first one was something special, though. I actually got that and Rogue Squadron 2 at the same time. <laughs> Ironically enough, I bought them both the, the same day. I had, like, maybe it was right around my birthday. Or I, don't, I don't know why I had enough money to get two <laughs> GameCube games at, at the same time, but yeah, I went out and got both of those, and Beautiful <laughs> Joe was so fucking hard. Yeah, I mean, good. that was the kind of thing where I got that demo disc, you know, that, that one demo disc, oh, yeah. and I just played the Beautiful Joe demo to death. It was probably the only game I ever seriously considered importing that, like, was actually coming out in North America, because it was out in Japan, 
I want to say like six months before it came out in North America, and like I was like, oh, I'm on my GameCube, I'll get this game because that's how much I love that demo. Yeah. I ended up holding off though. But well, yeah, probably worth it holding off. I I would guess. Yeah. It came out eventually. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it came out. I think. Uh, about seven years ago, something like that. It was one of the Capcom 5. You wrote all about it. Exactly, yeah. I'm, I'm well-versed in it now. <laughs> Eventually, the team went on to make Okami. So. Yes, yes. And then they disbanded. Yep. And, and then a lot now of they're them, Platinum. Exactly. Which I think even Platinum now isn't around anymore. <laughs> really? I, I could be wrong, but I think in my no, research... I think I think they still are. They made, they made Vanquish. They're making that Anarchy Reigns game for Sega that's coming out sometime soon. Uh, now i got to check. Maybe, maybe members of it left. Probably. Um, but, uh, going on, uh, thank, thank you for the mail, Adolf, and, uh, now we're going to move on to some news. First off, starting off, um, there's, uh, that fancy-ass Zelda 3DS that we all coveted that Europe was getting, or Japan, or something like that. Uh, it's coming to North America, um, basically it's coming out for Black Friday, and there are two bundles that are coming out then for the 3DS that are 200 bucks each. Uh, the Flare Red with Super Mario 3D Land and the Zelda 3DS with Ocarina of Time 3D. So, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty sweet. If you're looking for a 3DS on Black Friday, you can get arguably two of the best games on the system, uh, for, you know, saving 10 bucks, getting it for $200. Not a bad deal. Yeah, totally. Um, it'll be kind of, well, it'll be late now. I don't know if they'll extend the sale or just to keep an eye out for it, but on, uh, Sunday, uh, my fiance had told me that at Target, uh, the 3DS was actually on sale for $145. Um, wow. For, but only for uh, leading up to Black Friday. It was only going to be up until Wednesday. So I don't know what kind of sales they'll have for Black Friday and then after, but I'd keep kind of an eye out there. Um, later that day, I actually went to my local Target, and they only had one 3DS left in stock, which normally wow. there's I mean, always a ton. So That's kind of – it's one of those things that, like, discouraging and encouraging at the same time because it's like, oh, man, they're they're having the sales and everything. That can't be good. But at the same time, that means Nintendo's going to sell a lot of 3DSs, which I think at this point, I don't really think Nintendo's too worried about the – the, I guess the money they make on the hardware because they did do that big price drop. Right. And and in all honesty, the those kind of sales don't really hurt Nintendo at all. They hurt the retailer. Right. Exactly. Um, but even still, you know, you want as many people to have 3DSs as possible because you know then those numbers go up and then people buy more games if there are more people with the systems. Yep. So. So yeah, but that, with, with that sale, you could get that and um, you know, Super Mario 3D Land for almost the price of a. Uh, normal 3ds so pretty good sale all right and in that short break we were just joined by zach miller christ Uh, he's tired he just moved a car with his bare teeth while a moose stood on his back um it's just you know it's an alaskan alaskan nightfall that's, that's yep, what it just, is. Just another Tuesday. <laughs> is it just yeah. another average night in Alaska in November? Yeah, yep. pitch black outside, five degrees, pushing the snow through the car through <laughs> the snow. Uh, that's how you get to the grocery store. So, we, so we, we, uh, we've, we've swapped uh, Pedro from Puerto Rico in exchange for Zach in Alaska. So, <laughs> pretty good trade off, I think. It all works yeah. out. <laughs> we went from, from you know, the southern part of the United States to the northern part. It kind of worked out. Um,. And let's get let's get right back into news. Uh, Resident Evil Revelations, which is coming out in February, I'm sure we're all excited for that. Even with its fifty dollars, fifty dollar price tag, I know. In all honesty, if it's going to be a full game, 
$50 doesn't bother me as much. Hmm. Even if it's only a 10-hour campaign? Yeah, but Zach, what are $60 games? How long are their campaigns? No, you, you bring up an excellent hours point. Long. And I wouldn't want it to be any longer. Yeah, no, I mean, in all honesty, uh, I've been hearing people say this about Zelda lately, Skyward Sword, about how they, they're like, you know, they hear 35 hours with a game, and they're like, well, I'd rather have it be 15. I'm not going to get into it too much, actually. Mm. I know, Zach, you're uh, player one podcast with, with the people that I heard talking about this recently. I've heard other people talk about it, too. And I kind of agree with that. I mean, for me, Zelda's an exception, but people are like, oh, the game had a 12-hour campaign. It was really short. I'm like, Really? It's 12 hours? Shit, I'm never going to beat that. I'm yeah. going to get bored halfway through. A lot of games just don't have, for me, they don't have the draw to keep me hooked for... And I don't have the know. time anymore. Like, I exactly. don't think I could buy Skyrim. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I'd get 10, hour, 10 hours into it and then drop it like a brick. Like, God of War, something that's exactly 10 hours long, done. I was actually just, just talking about this with Lauren a little bit. Um because I got Shinobi on 3DS recently, which is, it, it's okay, it's really hard, but I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, you know, that's a $40 game, you know, 40 theoretical dollars on Shinobi. I, I got it with trading credit, so it wasn't actually $40. Is it good? Um, What? Is it good? I like it. Okay. I mean, it, it's it's hard as hell. It's like, you know, it's like a Shinobi game. It's like Ninja Gaiden on NES. It is a very challenging game, but it's not an unfair game. Mm. Um, I, I've I've really been enjoying it, and I feel like I'm progressing through it at a snail's pace. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm replaying levels because they're hard, but I'm not really hating it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, but you know, Shinobi's a forty dollar game, and Skyrim's a sixty dollar game. In all honesty, I'll probably play them about the same. It's just a time thing. Yeah. Yeah, Skyrim oh. sounds interesting, but. I'll, everyone I know who's playing it is saying that it's like consumed their lives and they don't do anything but play it. And with school and other things, I just can't imagine, yeah, having the time, you know, to uh, to play it. So yeah, um, you know, I'm I'm not going to be really spending as much time with Skyrim. I mean, I'll probably be spending the same amount of time as I'm spending with Shinobi as I would on Skyrim right now at this point. So yeah. that's why, I mean, the kind of like, you know, Resident Evil Revelations being a fifty dollar game doesn't bother me at all. And I'm kind of, you know, using this as my soapbox because I, I wasn't on the episode where you guys talked about it before. But I was thinking about it, and it's just like, if that's a full-featured game, and this news that came out is that, you know, campaign's going to be about 10, 10 hours long, and then after you beat the campaign, then you unlock raid mode, which seems to be a, a really cool, you know, online multiplayer kind of thing. Um, and there's some co-op there, too. Yeah. Um, and if, if it's really, if, if I'm going to be able to get, you know, some, let's say, you know, 10 hours in the campaign, and uh, I'll spend a couple hours in raid mode, that's totally worth fifty bucks. Yeah. If I, I mean, if it, if it's a really good ten to fifteen hour experience, that's fine. There, there are legitimately there is one three DS game that I've spent more than fifteen hours on, um, and that's Ocarina of Time. I yeah. spent twenty on that, and I mean, I mean Mario. Well, I think Mario Land. I, I just crossed fifteen hours, um, and I'm pretty much done with that right now. But like, I'm not really too much into. Oh, I want to spend eighty hours with a game. Because that, that, that's not enjoyable to me. You yeah. know, if that happens, that's cool. You know, It, event it eventually game... feels like work. Yeah. E even Pokemon, like, after, and I do it to myself, after I beat the main game, I just start, you know, Pokedexing it up, and it does start to feel like a chore. If you want to uh, play a chore, I would recommend Persona 4. Um, I never beat it, unfortunately, but I honestly got to about the 60-hour mark before I finally had oh. to stop playing. Yeah. That's what happened to me with Persona 3. 
It's... Like, I got about 25, 30 hours into Persona 3, and it was just kind of like, why am I doing this? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I really enjoyed it, but I, I, it was at that point where I was ready for it to end, and it just wouldn't, so something else came along, or I just got busy, and I just, you know, I couldn't play it like I used to, and it's one of those games that's kind of hard to get back into once you, you know, step away from yeah, it for yeah. a few weeks or a month, so... That's what would, that's how I'd feel about like Skyrim. Like if I gave that up for a few weeks, I wouldn't be able to get back into it. Right. That seems to be a common problem with most RPGs in that you can, it, it isn't easy to go back into it if you leave it for like an hour or a two or like a week or so. I think that's a pretty universal problem overall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you know now I feel like games try to do a work around that like. They'll keep a diary of like what you've done so far and kind of what yeah. what your quest yeah. is or where you're supposed to head next or even Pokemon now I think like recaps what you've yeah, been doing. Yeah, has the recap yeah, your, your past couple of actions. I mean, I really liked how Dragon Quest Nine did it, where you just hit a button and it come up. We'd be like, "This is what you were doing. This is what you should be doing right now, or what you're on your path to." Yeah. Right. But um, yeah, but no, I agree. With older RPGs, especially, it's very easy to like yeah. boot it back up and be like, "Wait, what was I doing?" <laughs> yeah. I've had I've had many a uh, many a playthrough of like Final Fantasy four and six that have yeah. been lost because I just you know put it down for a couple of weeks and came back and was just like what yeah <laughs> yeah I hear that um, but yeah I mean Resident Evil Revelations some people seem to be I guess mildly upset that it's only ten hours long and I'm I fine wish with I it. had their free time yeah exactly <laughs> I mean kind of like what you said um, it's going to offer enough content it's going to offer the same content that that game that 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 game will offer when it's ported to 360 because <laughs> <laughs> i think that's HD, I mean, resident, honesty, evil, resident evil uh, revelations hd i i honestly think and, and people might sound negative about that i think that's an inevitability that resident evil revelations will eventually be ported to other systems oh well, yeah um, I, I especially we mentioned <laughs> already but doing that capcom 5 feature i worked on a couple weeks ago um, oh, yeah. you know, the whole Resident Evil 4 debacle and how before that even actually came out, they announced it would, you know, be ported to the PS2. And then now the, um, you know, the two Wii uh, Resident Evil games, you know, like the Unreal shooter games are both right. getting ported to the PS3 now with move support. So, yeah, I, I would <laughs> it, it'll end up on a different system. Yeah. Easy, oh, yeah. easy. At least the Vita, if not. Yeah, uh, yeah that's in, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is that it will be interesting to see how many 3DS Vita, you know, like, I guess, like, renditions of the same game. Because we are having that, um, uh, what is it? It's one of the level 5 games. I want to say Time Travelers is coming out on 3DS and Vita. And I think we might see that happen more as time goes on. Do you think it'll um, ever go the other way? Will anything on Vita appear on 3DS? Well, I mean, I think I think what we'll start seeing is games will be announced to be on Vita and 3DS. Oh, on both, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's the kind of thing where it's just like you know, I don't think they're that far off. I mean, it's kind of like you know, uh, that Rune Factory game um, coming out on Wii and PS3. You know, okay, so on PS3 it doesn't look as good, and on Wii it looks pretty good, mm -hmm. and it's the exact same game, but it's on two platforms. So you're probably going to see a bunch of Vita games that don't look as stunning, but they're also on 3DS. Right. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm and just. Stoked for the game. I mean, it, every time I see it, it just looks better and better. And yeah, and I love I mean, I, Resident Evil Four, and I love Resident Evil Five, and this looks like both of those games. Yeah, I mean, I played that demo that they they I guess it was first in first at E three. Mm -hmm. um, I played that probably three or four times at this point, 
It's not even that long of a demo, but it's, no, just, it's, like it's so intense. Long. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, this isn't even the one that was included with the Mercenaries. Right, this, right. Is a, this is a different demo. Um, but I played that demo a lot, and I just love because you know I'm sitting there. They have headphones at the at the kiosks. Um, you wear the headphones. You got the 3D on, and it's just super intense. And it's really like I kind of felt that a little bit with Mercenaries, but because Mercenaries was a lot more you know actiony. Yeah. It wasn't as I, I guess it wasn't as horror-y, but it seems like Revelations is kind of going more down that survival horror path. Oh, definitely. Um, where it's and the monsters kind of like, you know, are cool. Yeah, and they're like water monsters or something. I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and at some point there will be a midget albino from the uh, French Revolution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just what Resident Evil does, man. <laughs> but um, some other news that we got, actually. Uh, we had that live show thing um, last weekend for, uh, you know, for Child's Play. We had the whole site got together. I don't um, remember that. What now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that was did that, that fucked up did Jeopardy that, round. That abomination of a Jeopardy round that we did live. Um, I, I can't if wait to if hear you, that. If you are listening to the show after hearing us on the live show, the other two are really good. We promise. <laughs> you can go back and listen to them. The one on the live show, you know, I don't think it was, an, I think it was just a matter of circumstance of that shat the bed, but. Nobody fucking knew the answers. Yeah. I should have been on that. I should have been on that. You should have. You gotta come back. You gotta defend your honor. Oh yeah. Next time we do Jeopardy. Yeah, we'll have to do another another proper Jeopardy segment soon. Yeah. Um, but uh, we did get a nice revelation from Penny Arcade's Jeff Callis, who used to be I I guess he started off as a as a tester or something at Nintendo of America, and later was a producer. Mm -hmm. Um, and he revealed that. Dice, the guys who made Battlefield, actually pitched Nintendo with Battlefield back, you know, before it was anything. Um, and it should be noted uh, that this is kind of a routine thing to happen in the industry that you know developers go and pitch the major companies all the time. You know, probably when Battlefield was pitching that to Nintendo, they also pitched it to Microsoft and Redmond, and then they went and pitched it to Sony, and they pitched it to everyone. But it still is kind of interesting because Callus did say that. The reason why Battlefield was rejected, it wasn't because they didn't like it. They loved the de they loved the pitch, they loved the demo, that they really liked it. But Nintendo didn't have an online strategy at all with the GameCube. They didn't know what to do. And Battlefield is an online game. It is. It is. When it first came out, it was just an online multiplayer game. Yeah. And it's a very. It was a very popular online multiplayer game. And it's just. It, I mean, it's a very interesting what if scenario. You know, what if Nintendo had some inkling of an online strategy then? What if they gave a shit? Yeah, I mean, they I, I think at this they point probably they gave a shit, but they didn't think like, that. Can you make it so people can play this on their GBAs, and <laughs> we'll hook it up to the GameCube? <laughs> you know, back back in early two thousands, I don't know if I really totally blame Nintendo for not jumping fully oh, to, no, 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 to no, the no. online spectrum. No. Yeah, it was kind of popular on the PC. But it didn't really seem at the time like it was going to transfer over, and it really didn't until no. Xbox Live kind of made it a big thing. And even that didn't really take off until the Xbox 360. Yeah, exactly. Sony. Oh, no. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. I think with Halo 2, it really okay, took off. Okay, Halo on the 2. Xbox. Yeah, you're right. And not even Sony jumped right away into the into the online gaming spectrum because I remember that they they announced the. The broadband adapter for the PS2, and that took like uh, two or three years until we actually got it with yeah. Final Fantasy XI Online. So even Sony was kind of like, uh, I don't think we can 
we yeah. we are not quite ready to jump into this. I mean, into this. I'm, yeah, I mean the PS2, the PS2 had way more online support than the GameCube did, but I mean the big problem that both of those both of those systems had is that the online, you know, the broadband adapter was was a peripheral. It was not built in. Right. And I believe huge... with the with the Xbox, wasn't the wasn't there a you know an internet connection yep. built in? Yeah, yeah there was. The same yeah, with the Dreamcast. In a cable, Dreamcast yeah. was ahead of its time with its online stuff. Yep. Like yeah, that, I was going crazy. to mention the Dreamcast just now. I was going to, I was going to mention that. Yeah, Sega. The Sega did it first with the Dreamcast, but we have to be honest. The system, the system, the system kind of failed. So maybe the other companies saw that and said, maybe we have to wait a little bit until this matures yeah. a little bit before we spend like millions of dollars on testing, on getting servers, on yeah. making sure the games are compatible with, uh, with online, because we have games like fighting games that take a lot of. Uh, power to run to because there are two guys doing different things at the same time and the game has to read that online so maybe we don't have to share on Nintendo too hard for not for opting not to spend that much money on an idea that yeah. may or may not have been successful yeah yeah but, I mean no, I agree. it's still I mean it really amounts to just an interesting what if story um and I think at this point, Nintendo's kind of, I mean, maybe not entirely learned from the mistakes, but they're on the path to being like, yeah, sorry, bro, we made a bad call. <laughs> this <laughs> online thing, kind of a big deal. Yeah, I guess it's going to stick around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could say that the same, uh, you know, motion controls were ignored by uh, by Microsoft and Sony for a while, and they and thought they that we was a joke. Third parties thought that we was a joke. <laughs> yeah. I so, I mean, it goes both ways. It goes both ways with this kind of what-if scenario. Yeah. Nobody wants to play online games. Smacks. Speaking I'm of sorry. online games, um, so Nintendo's next system, the Wii U, um, back at E3, uh, John. Oh, Rick that Pello. new controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the new controller for the Wii that it makes the Wii more powerful. It runs in HD because of this controller. Right, right. Kidding, kidding. <laughs> it's a brand new system. There, I made it clearer than Nintendo did during the conference. Oh. Ah. Um, <laughs> But John Riccatello actually came out. Uh, he's, I believe he's EA CEO or something along those lines, some kind of high executive. Um, yeah, he's the guy. Who and he came, came out, out to talk to... about online stuff with the Wii U, and it was all kind of confusing. <laughs> because it was just kind of like, why the hell is the dude from EA? Like, they gonna, it's like, are Nintendo and EA joining forces? But it just seemed like, you know, we, uh, I think we had our interview with, uh, Nintendo PR guy, and he kind of just said, like, you know, Oh, you know, they're just going to be a big third-party contributor on it. Yeah. And then, you know, the next day, there's a there's a round table for Ubisoft. So, I mean, I guess maybe EA and Ubisoft are com- competing in some fashion. But regardless, EA's got this thing called Origin. It's basically like Steam. But it's not, because <laughs> Steam is pretty well-known well, well known and ingrained in, you know, our, our PC-playing society. That it is. There is a rumor going around that EA and Valve are competing in some regard to, uh, you know, be the Wii U online service, you know, so that would be how you do Wait, online on Wii dude, U, would be going through Steam Origin or Steam. was on Wii U, holy shit. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, that would be really cool. I mean, I think the one thing that people keep on saying about this is that it'll probably be like, I want to say it was the early PS2 stuff where, like, you'd be logging into individual stuff for each company. Which could be potentially very clumsy, or if there's kind of a universal login, it wouldn't be as bad. So it's just like, you know, let's say theoretically, you're, yeah, I'll, I'll 
use 3DS games in this this respect. Let's say you're going to go play, you know, like Madden Online, you'd log into Origin to go play that. Or if yeah. you want to play Street Fighter 4 Online, you would log into Capcom's login. Or if you, you know, you're playing Mario Kart Online, you would log into Nintendo's. Um, I think that's kind of what people think it'll wind up like, but I think it would be really interesting to see either Origin or Steam kind of win that battle. Um, I would much rather see Steam. I, yeah. I, I really like Valve. I think that they're, you know, one of the better companies in the entire business. And I don't yeah. really have a lot of hate towards EA. It's just that a lot of the stuff that they're doing with Origin, I don't know if I really care for. Um, yeah, and, and Steam, yeah. you know, or not Steam, I'm sorry, EA has, I think, a more limited scope of games than uh, Steam does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Origin's just launching. I don't even know if it's officially launched Oh, yet. sure, but, you know. Yeah, it's launched. Yeah, it's out. I've got it. Okay. So. Cool. But yeah, I don't really play Steam, a lot of PC games. Steam um, Steam is certainly better, and, and it's more well-known, and, yeah, it's been around longer, and I could just see, though, EA pressuring them somewhat, you know, and... Uh, you know, maybe Nintendo gives in that way, because really, I mean, what would you'd rather have EA on your side than Valve? Because what you just won't get Portal Three or Half Life Three, Episode Three. I mean, that's not the end <laughs> of the world, you know. I mean, I guess it is kind of that. Like, you know, it would be cooler to have EA kind of be in your pocket, but who knows? I think I think it would actually be better for Nintendo's kind of uh, public perception if they got Steam. I think a lot more people would respect yeah. it more if they got Steam. That's true. Yeah, it's EA, EA is basically a gun for hire, but Steam is a industry standard. On a total side note, um, the idea of Madden on Wii U kind of just makes me really happy. They draw um, plays on the controller. Up, say, yeah, or yeah, even or even just plays. having like, you know, like that the playbook comes up on the touchscreen and you just use like your finger or something to yeah. like pick plays. Like that would be awesome. Or even like modify plays. Like yeah, move players yeah. around and ooh, yeah, you'll be, be like, awesome. uh, you know what? I I don't want to have him run that route. And you just on the fly, like, don't even need to bring up a call your shots thing. You just use your finger to draw something. Oh nice. yeah, that'd be neat. Um, I'd buy that. Yeah. Even though I don't like Madden. Although I do like that the pack is ten and zero. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about this. Green Bay Packers, man. Fuck yeah. Really, yeah. what more do you need to say? Uh, well, I guess we could probably say more because they looked like shit last weekend against the Buccaneers, but oh, they really? still won. Yeah, they did, and, by the skin uh, of their teeth. Yeah, you know, go Pack Go, hopefully, you know. Now they're fighting, they, they can beat fighting the Lions the on Thursday. Oh, the Lions, they're fighting the Lions on Thursday. That'll be a good-ass yeah. game. Yeah. Oh. I'm nervous and excited. And then I'll eat turkey. So Dude, they'll win. We, you know they'll win. <laughs> Enough of something completely different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised Pedro didn't turn on the Mario music. Nah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, go Pat, go. Um, anyway. Yeah. Okay, uh, I I, that's, that's all the news we got. Pedro, you can talk. You haven't talked much. Okay, I was going to say about the news about the Origins theme on Wii U. I, Years ago, uh, me and my friends were talking about Nintendo's online structure, and one of my friends said that it would be a better idea for Nintendo to hire like a third party to work on their online system because totally. it, it's it, because it's obvious by now that Nintendo doesn't quite know how to bring a a structure solid, uh, well-performing online structure because yeah. for 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 example, Bro, that was a massive disaster because it was constant 
uh, lagging, constant dropouts. So maybe at this point, Nintendo needs to realize, or maybe they, they already realized that they, they, need, they need someone that has experience with online games, that they know how how to program a decent a netcode for each of their games so yeah. that they can look over the structure of the Wii U and they can develop better games for it, especially if Nintendo actually does give a shit about online gaming. They they, they, they honestly can't do what they did with the Wii and the DS. They really can't do that. They have to find a new way if they actually care. So I think... The initiative of finding someone that understands the pressures of online play and apply that to the structure of the wheel, it would be really cool if it happened. Maybe they should talk to Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> Just partner with Microsoft, <laughs> do Xbox Live on Wii U. Well, that's what surprises <laughs> me. It surprises me that they haven't... It just doesn't seem like they've even... I mean, they probably have looked at the competition, but it doesn't seem like they... It's like they actively avoid uh, imitating the successful Microsoft and Sony online plans. Right, like they have to like they have to well, reinvent the wheel. They, yeah, man, fuck what they're doing. We're gonna do our own thing. Yeah, exactly. Three D, three D touch screens, motion controls. <laughs> fuck <laughs> you. Well, I, I have to be honest. I I think that kind of works in 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 their favor, but at the same time, it doesn't because. There's nothing wrong in borrowing an idea, especially an idea that works and will benefit everyone. But on the other, if Nintendo tries to borrow too many ideas from other people, they won't be Nintendo anymore. Nintendo is all about if we we do our thing, if you like it, welcome to the club. If you don't like it, well, fuck you. We are going to be entertained (laughs) over here. Bye-bye. We have our 3D, our motion gaming, touchscreen gaming. See ya. Bye-bye. Take care. Uh, oh, by the way, once again, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like, yeah, so you guys are playing all your sequels this year, you know, just using the same old controller. Yo, P- PS3, it's been the same controller for 15 years. You know we, we Motion Plus. You think this is the same Zelda? Well, fuck you. <laughs> I really wish that Reggie would just start saying things like that, or they just replace Reggie with someone who's just like, like, yeah, do 3DS. You think it's bad? Yeah, fuck you. It's good. Well, my favorite <laughs> was, I, I, don't, they need, I don't know. Uh, they need Nintendo's to, to Kevin Butler, is it, from the Sony side? <laughs> yeah. Like, if Kevin Butler for Sony is this arrogant asshole, Nintendo needs to get, like, a really educated, but still arrogant asshole, like, oh, yeah, but we have this game over here, and I believe your game doesn't do that. Why is that? Something like a sword, something like very Nintendo, like, like the guy from the Star Fox 64 promo video. Uh, yeah, like, um, the funny thing is, is that Andy and I were actually talking about this, uh, when he was playing through Skyward Sword the other week. Um, you know, kind of talking about, you know, similarities and differences between the games and stuff. And we got to the point of, like, since Twilight Princess, since, you know, okay, yeah, you know, Phantom Hourglass, Spirit Tracks, Ocarina of Time 3D did come out in between, but, you know, main entries in the series, you know, it's Twilight Princess, then then Skyward Sword. Think of how many of certain games, like, franchises have started and ended since the last Zelda game before Skyward Sword. Yeah. Like, there That's have true. been, like, like one, Call of Duty became gigantic. Like, in 2006, you know what came out? Call of Duty 2. Or, no, no, Call of Duty 3 Modern came Warfare. out in 2006. Oh, damn. 
Wait, you mean Modern was it, Warfare? We didn't, get, we didn't even get to Modern Warfare yet. Modern Warfare was the oh. year after that. We're on the third Modern Warfare since Jeez. the last Zelda game came out. There have been that's three scary. Modern Warfare games. Well, that's, We've had that's also the entirety of the Assassin's Creed series. We've had two Dead Space games. Three Dead Space games, actually, if you count ex- Extraction. Um, Rock Band had not come out. Guitar Hero 2 came out that same holiday season Jeez. that Twilight Princess did. Just, just like, like, put this all in perspective. Like, how crazy is that? And people complain about Zelda games being like, you know, oh, it's just the same thing over and over again. It's just like, well, well, what's different about that first-person shooter from the other one, from the one that came out, from the one that came out two years ago, or maybe even just a year ago? Like, yeah, is it still fun? Probably. You know, Zelda games might follow a similar formula, but they're all still fun. So who cares? Yeah. I just saw a video where a guy actually makes the exact same argument as you, Neil. Let's say, oh, people complain about Zelda being the same. Well, what about first-person shooters? All you do is be a, a guy, a space marine, soldier, whatever, and you shoot people over and over again. Then you get a cutscene, blah, 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 blah. And nobody seems to be complaining about that. Nobody's saying, oh, Modern Warfare 2 3 is the same as last year and the year before that, blah, blah, blah. Also, one thing I have to mention is that the big, big difference with Zelda is that whenever a new game comes out, the next one comes out like five years or so. While Modern Warfare 3 or Call of Duty, Assassin's Creed, whatever, comes out the year after next and the next year is always yearly. But at least we said that we have like a big gap between games so that we can relax and focus on something else so that when we return to the new one, it's actually going to be interesting to go back into it again. Yeah, I mean, like, that's the kind of thing is I'm looking at, like, you know, when I was writing the review for Scarlet Sword, I was looking at, you know, kind of Ocarina of Time to Majora's Mask to Wind Waker to Twilight Princess to Scarlet Sword. And there are, there are huge leaps and bounds, maybe not from Ocarina to Majora's, but between the other ones that... There are huge leaps and bounds in between each game. And, like, you look at stuff like, okay, Assassin's Creed 1 to Assassin's Creed 2, that was a huge leap. You know, like, Assassin's Creed 1 was, eh, it looked pretty. Assassin's Creed 2 was a very good game. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't a, I, I couldn't really get too into it, but I can recognize that that is a quality game. And then they just made more or less the same damn thing with multiplayer for the right. next two years. Albeit it's furthering a story that people are apparently into, so you can't really get too torn up about that, but so are the Zelda games. It's just that they have a messed up timeline that kind of <laughs> makes sense if you're making it, I guess. Right. They're, um, they're, but they're... that's the thing, is, is that all these other games, are, they're highly iterative. You know, what's the difference between Modern Warfare 2 and Modern Warfare 3? I uh, honestly it, don't know. It has... Uh, More guns! See? Like, has... online multiplayer was somewhat tweaked, and the story is even more ridiculous. No, but <laughs> you, you, you make a good point. I mean, the Zelda games really are only thematically um, similar, you know, throughout. No. Uh, functionally, I think they, they change quite a bit. Um, I just wanted to add, though, when we were talking about, you know, Reggie needs to be a bit more boisterous and um, maybe confrontational, it reminded me of the Penny Arcade strip from e3 like two years ago in fact i've got it in front of me i'll just, I'll just oh yeah what they wrote yeah just, just, i remember n- just new zelda new goldeneye new kirby new metroid new kid icarus new 3d shit no glasses santa claus is real he's in our booth and he's giving out fucking handjobs like that's that's exactly what we need um it's always well, weird actually, for me I mean, to see kevin butler on like tv shows and in movies 
Oh yeah, he was on. Uh, Lauren's been watching the show Greek. He showed up. Oh with Jesus, like Gina watched dad. the whole I was show. Like, he looks really familiar. I know. <laughs> um, but the one thing that I did want to say is actually Reggie did break out a little bit of that boisterousness recently because I guess in some interview he was just like, you know what? I think Skyward Sword's going to be the best game ever. Yeah, he made. did. And it's just the kind of thing where people are like, like I think someone wrote out an article or a forum post or something that was just like. Yeah, it got like eight perfect stories where Skyrim got fifty. It's like, yeah, whatever. Let yeah. let Reggie be happy about his damn fine game that came out. You know, Skyrim in a lot of people's eyes might be the better game. I don't really care. I don't I really think like you Zelda. can compare those two games. Yeah, I, I mean, outside I, of the fact that they both have Sky in the title, and which like, is so unfortunate because that's exactly why people are comparing them. <laughs> yeah, I don't see people comparing <laughs> Skylanders to Skyrim. I mean, I compare it to Skyward Sword, and it, you know, it's. Skyward Sword is just about as good as Skylanders. It's not quite there. <laughs> you know, it's pretty good, but, you know, Skylanders. <laughs> oh, no. Skylanders has toys, man. <laughs> you know what I was saying, Kate? Nintendo should also say for Skyward Sword, and you know what? We got Robin Williams as his really hot daughter to promote our games. But so they're only doing that in Europe. <laughs> they can still brag about it anyway. Yeah. Oh, people, whatever. People got YouTube. People got YouTube. They can watch it. Yeah. Everybody YouTube. saw yeah, it. Yeah. Everybody saw it. And and the, and Zelda was at the E3 too. So it's kind of she's not. Uh, I would say. Um, so it's not like everybody's oblivious to that fact. At least on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I mean, I feel like this is going to be just the the thing that I'm kind of defending for a while, because I really, you know, I'm not saying Skyrim's a bad game, it's just that it's a game that I don't think I'll really, like, I could get into, the potential's there, and I've asked this question to multiple people, and I'll pose that to all our listeners, too. I've I've posed the question before, and I just ask, what's different about it from Oblivion? People have told me dragons, whores, and, like, a new engine. I think that's about it. Yeah. And granted, you know, for some people that might be it, but for me, it's like, you know, if you ask me what's new about Zelda... I could I could write a thesis paper on that about what's new in Skyward Sword about you know how they how they evolved the series pretty substantially with that game in my eyes. Ooh, Daddy needs King of Fighters thirteen. <laughs> Speaking of iterative games, <laughs> also uh, it's kind of understandable why people would want to defend uh, Skyward Sword because for some reason. The gaming industry tends to go harder on Nintendo than it does with everybody else because everybody else gets to get away with sequels that doesn't really update the gameplay or the concept, whereas Nintendo releases a sequel five years or six years later since the other game, and people are like, well, what's this change? Nobody, I, didn't, I don't see anything. Nintendo's lagging behind. Yeah. So it's kind of like a double standard when it comes to Nintendo. Yes, Nintendo has done mistakes, but... Hasn't every other company done mistakes too? What about Sony? What about Microsoft? So why are uh, I don't think Sony? anyone's really arguing with Sonic in this one. <laughs> I mean Sony, Sony. I mean Sony. Oh, okay, Sonic. okay, sorry. Uh, Sonic, that's another case, dude. That's another this is paper you should be writing about. But anyways, uh, a lot of the other 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 companies have done their mistakes too. So I don't understand why everybody's on Nintendo this, Nintendo that, Nintendo that. Yeah, they do things differently, so why is, why is the problem with that? And I don't want to start apologetic because I know that there's a lot of mistakes and I need to upset me, but 
if, if there's a, if the recent release of Skyward Sword proves is that for some reason the industry has to go after Nintendo and let everybody else get get away with whatever they're doing. Yeah. I don't know. So conclusion, I really, really love Skyward Sword. <laughs> I hope everyone who's hearing this, maybe you're listening to this while you're playing, which I don't know why you do because the music is very good. <laughs> um, but like really, like Zach, go get your damn Wii fixed. I'm going to borrow my brother's Wii. Game. I'm fairly okay, certain good. I'm going to be getting this game for my birthday in two days, and uh, uh, I'm just going to borrow my brother's Wii because, honestly, it's sitting in his closet. I don't really blame him. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you just steal it then. You just steal it. I will just. I'll just go over there and pretend I have to give him something, and then sneak into his back room and steal. We'll just swap, swap it out. Leave your there. You go. Your exactly. Right exactly. <laughs> That's a great idea. I like that. <laughs> I, I'm actually more honestly. I'm more excited about getting Mario 3D Land because that looks spectacular. No, I mean it. It really like. The entire year of no Wii releases and the 3DS, you know, release schedule being kind of spotty. It, and then Mario, point, and then Mario Kart comes out next month. I don't even care anymore. You know why? Because <laughs> Mario 3D Land is so good. Skyward Sword is so good. And I played the first cup in Mario Kart 7 today, and oh my god, that game looks beautiful in 3D. And that stupid first-person mode, not really that dumb. I actually thought it was pretty cool. It's probably one of the best uses of the damn gyro in the whole in the whole system. Nice. I, want I actually was thinking about it. I had the 3D on when I was doing the first-person mode, and I was moving the system around, and I didn't have any problems. Oh, good. That's weird. Yeah. Hmm. I'll have to test that more. But, there you yeah. go. I know it's pretty early to... To talk about Mario Kart 7, but so far, would you say it's just as good or even better as Mario Kart DS? That's all I want um, to hear. I, I mean, literally, I played the first Grand Prix and I tried to do some online. I actually found people, but then like I was like spectating for the race, and then I, you know, mm. came and started recording this. Um, but right now, I think online-wise, it's gonna beat the pants off of Mario Kart DS. Okay. And not? I mean, I, I think the 3D graphics look very, very nice, but I, I, I haven't played enough to really make that judgment. Although, I think it'll be the kind of thing where I think this game will be better than Mario Kart DS for me, but I don't hold Mario Kart DS in the same high regard that everyone else does. Yeah, I'm one of those people that, honestly, my favorite moderately recent entry in the game is Mario Kart Wii by far. Huh. I have to be honest, uh, I'm kind of cautious because... I didn't like Mario Kart Wii, so I'm kind of afraid that Mario Kart 7 is going to be similar to that. I'm sorry, I just I didn't quite like Mario Kart Wii. I'm sorry. Now, what what exactly did you not like about Mario Kart Wii? God, this this is never ending. But I, I thought the course design was lazy by comparison to the other games. I don't I just, really know, like what, the, like I don't know. I don't really feel like the course design was anything wholly different. Like, maybe, maybe, I mean, it was definitely, I guess, the tracks were wider because you had 12 people. I mean, that, that could have changed the design a little mm. bit. But there are some really memorable ones. I'm actually super excited that Koopa Cape made it into uh, Mario Kart 7 as one of the remade levels. Oh. Well, in my case, I actually and like Mushroom the levels. Gorge. I actually like a lot of things about Mario Kart Wii. I like the character selection. I like the carts, the bikes. And I really like some of the online features. But for me, what killed it was the the overuse of items. I felt they were really 
too strong in this version than in the other games. Like for example, I, I'm able to beat Super Mario Kart on the hardest difficulty just fine. Same with Mario Kart 64. I did it with the Game Boy version, Double Dash, etc., etc. But then I came to Mario Kart Wii and I was struggling to complete it. Like I was getting more frustrated. Because in other games, I was, yeah, this is hard, but I'm having fun. But with, the, with Mario Kart Wii, I was like, I'm playing this, and I'm not having fun. I'm getting more frustrated. So for me, after like a week or a month or so of playing, I was like, I'm sick and done. I'm sad. I'm going back to bro and something else. I'm sorry. I know I'm the minority in this because I know a lot of people love Mario Kart Wii. But in my case, I just felt like... It was overpowered, it needed a little bit more balance, it needed to be more fun. I don't know, maybe just me, maybe just me. I'm a freak. Now, I will say no, that I, I don't like think you're alone online. in that. I, I liked online play more than solo. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't think you're alone in that, Pedro. You're not a freak. There seems to be a pretty big divide between people who liked Mario Kart and people who hated it. So, I mean, I definitely fall into the one category. So I would say with Mario Kart 7, Pedro... Look for someone that has the same feelings about Mario Kart Wii as you do and read their review. <laughs> yeah. Not saying to okay. ignore everything I say, but obviously our, our Mario Kart allegiances lie a little bit differently. Mario, so, Mario wait. Kart DS. Well, what? I should uh, check out a review that starts. You know, I never quite like Mario Kart. So, bingo, I found my review. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I mean Mario Kart DS, I, I think that game's fantastic. It's just that it was the kind of game, like, I went through the single-player mode, and every now and then I'd play it if I happened to be playing multiplayer with people. It's just like I, I kind of went through it once, unlocked some stuff, and never really played it again outside of the occasional multiplayer game. Yeah. Whereas with Mario Kart Wii, like, I was, I was freaking hooked on that game for a very long time. But, yeah, I think that's that's enough tangents and things that don't really have anything to do with the news we first talked about. Yeah, it was fun, show. though. I yeah, think we pretty much did a whole connectivity episode by itself. <laughs> Probably. Sorry for the editing, Scott. Yeah, <laughs> that's alright. I'll figure it out. Alright. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know where this is being placed, but that's uh, that's the news. Some listener mail and about a half an hour of random other shit. <laughs> <laughs> But what you won't recognize is the method of control. Remember how you always tilted the controller like handlebars when you played Excite Bike? Well, now you're holding the steering wheel of a big damn truck. So Excite Truck is celebrating its fifth anniversary uh, this past week. And I know some people might be talking about the GameCube or the N64 or the Wii or Twilight Princess or Luigi's Mansion or Pikmin or Melee. But no, we're going to talk about Excite Truck. Basic Side Truck is a series is, is is the secret new best series or yeah, I guess the continuation of a series on Wii. Everyone's talking about how like you know oh the last original Nintendo character was Pikmin like well one that's 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 bullshit to begin with because what's Chibi Robo what's like Custom Robo I mean granted they're not made by Miyamoto but Nintendo's been making new characters and Side Truck is awesome. I don't really know what what the big deal is. <laughs> and and with me for this, I'm Neil Ronahan, and uh, with me for this are Pedro Hernandez and Scott Thompson. Hello. Oh. Yeah, Excite Truck. What? <laughs> Get Excite. Yes. Um. So I'll set the scene a little bit. Excite Truck was revealed during E3 2006. This was before all of our times on the site. So 
I guess we don't really know what the staff uh, staff thought process was. Carl Castaneda was supposed to be on the show, and I think he 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 doesn't like the game, so we don't really like him that much in that regard. But he could have probably shed more light on on what the the, the at the time the PGC staff was feeling about about Excite Truck. But it was revealed during the Nintendo E3 press conference, and at first it was shown off in a just like a sizzle reel. And, you know, this very peculiar racing game where, you know, you're tilting the Wii Remote back and forth, and it, it looks like, you know, it looks like it's Excitebike, because, you know, you're going off big jumps and you're tilting it, but you're you're working with monster trucks. Um, and, yeah, it was kind of like the surprise game at E3 in 2006 that wound up being a launch title in North America that, I mean, a lot of people at the time were just wondering, hey, this isn't really a Nintendo game. Like, it's a... It's like a, a shovelware monster truck game, and it came and it came from people who made, eh, I guess not really shovelware monster truck games. I can't really speak for quality of NASCAR games, but it came from Monster Games from Minnesota. Uh, they were formed in 1996, and they made uh, before Excite Truck. They made Viper Racing, NASCAR Heat, NASCAR Heat 2002, NASCAR Dirt to Daytona which is their only previous Nintendo system work in 2002. It was a GameCube game. And Test Drive Eve of Destruction, um, and that was in 2004. So I guess right after Test Drive, uh, they moved on to working on Nintendo's new system. So, yeah. What do you guys? Well, what, what, do you, what were you guys' feelings about this game when it first got, uh, got revealed? Well, that's what I was going to ask. I mean, when it first got revealed, I had no feelings about it one way or the other. Um, you know, I'm not particularly a big racing game fan and you know i played excite bike when i was a kid but it didn't you know it didn't stand out to me as being exceptional uh necessarily i know excite bike 64 a lot of people speak very highly of but i had never played that yeah um, neither have i that was from a i guess i guess probably the company that would have been most likely to make excite truck uh left field productions who uh they did, um, well, they did Excite Bike. I think they did a 1080 game, and I know they did all the NBA courtside games as well. Oh, okay. Nintendo. But yeah, I so I had no real reason to want to get this game, but I, I think I was just at a point where I had Rayman and Twilight Princess and, of course, Wii Sports, and I was just looking for anything to play on this new system, and I think I like read the IGN review, which I think they gave it something along the lines of an 8 out of 10, and said that it was surprisingly good and looked great and you could play your own music on SD cards. Yeah. And I thought, okay, yeah, like why not? I'll give, I'll give this a shot. And then I probably put, I mean, apart from Twilight Princess, of course, just because it's naturally a long game, I would assume I put more hours into Excite Truck than I did any of those launch games that I picked up. Yeah, I mean, my experience with it was when I heard it was announced, you know, it was kind of, I was baffled by it um, because it just seemed so out of place. But then I like talking to people about it, and I kind of reflected on how much I like playing Excite Bike. Which after playing the 3D Classic one, I don't know what I was ever thinking. Excite Bike kind of <laughs> kind of crappy, but it also came out you know 25 years ago plus. Yeah. Um, but I was actually for a while this was you know I was going to get Twilight Princess, I was going to get Excite Truck, and maybe I would get Red Steel or Rayman Raving Rabbits. That was like my launch decision. And it wasn't until probably a week before the week came out that I was kind of like, you know what? I think Red Steel is going to be better than Excite Truck, so I'll get, I'll get, I'll get Twilight Princess, Rayman, Raving Rabbits, and Red Steel. That that seems like it's going to be pretty cool. This Excite Truck game, I mean, it's only two players. I played the demo at the GameStop. You know, it was it was cool. I guess it was it was okay. And I was just kind of not sold on it at first, but then 
I played it over a friend of mine's house about a, I guess probably around Christmas when the Wii came out, and me, him, and another friend of mine played it for hours. And then the next day, almost immediately, I went out to the store and bought it, and then played the crap out over it over winter break. I know, um, um, my one friend and I probably put like something like twenty, twenty-five hours into that game over like you know the the my my college winter break that year it was just like we were we were addicted to trying to you know beat the score get up to we unlocked super excite mode i think we were on the cusp of mirror mode before we finally you know threw in the towel but damn i i really enjoyed this game when it came out yeah it's so funny i want you know pedro i want to give you a chance to talk about you know why you picked it up but just to kind of add on that just real quick um i had pretty much the same experience where a friend of i got the game and you know i played it by myself and i liked it but it was really when I took it over to a friend's house and we played it together. And in the same way you did, not playing the um, competitive mode, but just taking turns getting through all the different, like, um, circuits and everything like that. I mean, that's when yeah, the cause, game... Yeah, uh, because the, the two-player mode was never, honestly, that much fun. I no, but, but there was something about just, like, sitting together with, like, a friend and just, like, passing the controller back and forth and just watching yep, yep. the mayhem. <laughs> and just trying to win and doing the same race over and over until you finally like memorize where you need to go and <laughs> all the you know all the I don't know places that's best to use your boost and all that kind of stuff. And, I just yeah. I mean you know what I, I, before I go more off on my love letter to this game, Pedro, how about how about your excite origins? All right, um, like you guys always said, my story is already similar to yours, and in that. When I first saw the CISO trailer for it, I was like, yeah, 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 big damn truck, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, Super Mario Galaxy, dude, Twilight Princess, that's awesome. So basically, I didn't care much for it, so, eh, whatever. The main reason I remember the CISO trailer was because in one of the segments where they were showing people playing the Wii, they had the inside truck segment, and there were these these uh mechanic guys that they were playing, they were having fun. And one of the guys was holding a steering wheel and he was like pretending to be playing the game while somebody else was actually playing the game with the Wii controller. So I thought that was really funny in that trailer. <laughs> I and actually then... literally just watched that before we recorded. <laughs> I know really, exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> it's really silly too. Uh, maybe you guys can post a link to the video when the podcast it's up, but it's really funny because the guy is watching the guy playing the game and he's holding like a steering wheel too, like, hey, yeah. I want to play too, I want to pretend I'm playing too. So anyways, um, my experience is kind of similar to yours in that I didn't care much for it at first and then I saw a friend play it and then I fell in love with it, but I kind of differ in that I knew a friend, my best friend, he had gotten the Wii, and he didn't care for the game either. It wasn't until people kept saying that it was really good, that it was surprisingly good. I said, oh, okay, I'm going to buy it. So he bought it, and he played it, and he, then he came to the forums and said, oh, my God, you guys, this is the best game ever. ever. <laughs> oh, my God, it's amazing. Oh, my God, you guys, you have, you have to play it. You have to play it. And I was like... Well, okay, when you come to visit, bring the Wii over with the game so we can try it out. So he came to visit during the holidays. He brought the Wii and the, and the games. We played Wii Sports. I was blown away by by the game. Then we started playing a side truck, and I, I was like, 
that's it. That's the game. <laughs> that's that's the game everybody's talking about. Really? Uh, okay, if you guys like it, but why are you guys splooshing all over this game? I don't get it. I don't get it. So, anyways, I went. I come. I wait for myself, and then I started thinking about a side truck, and I was like, hmm. I didn't give the game enough of a chance to actually make a judgment call on it. So then I called up my best friend. I said, hey, can I borrow your copy for a little bit? I really want to check it out. I, did, I think I didn't give it a fair chance. So he sent it over to me. I started playing. And after an hour or two, I was like, this is the best game ever. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was a fool. Just... I was stupid. I don't know why I hated it before, but this is freaking amazing. I mean, I think it is a kind of it's it, it's very unassuming, but I I think that like the kind of magic of Excitrock lies in a little bit the way it's presented is because it's not really like you know it's not a, it's not a traditional racing game where you're trying to just come in first and that's it. A lot of you know what what makes the game work is that it's about getting all these stars that you get yeah. you know by performing ridiculous tricks, silly stunts, etc., etc. And just the way that kind of integrates with the racing, it makes it more than just a get to the finish. Like, I mean, you know, you play Mario Kart or something, and yeah, you know, you can go out of your way to, you know, find a shortcut or shoot people with items and stuff, but you can. your goal is to just make sure you get in first place and stay there, whereas in Excite Truck, you could be in first place, but, you know, you're going off a big jump. Okay, I'm going to try to do, like, the spin in the air to get more points. Yeah. And I mean, it's just like that that kind of tweak to it made it made it feel a lot fresher. And I remember at one point actually playing the demo of Excite Truck right next to the demo of Motorstorm on PlayStation Three, and Motorstorm looked beautiful. Like I mean, I, I don't think Excite Truck is an ugly looking game, but it's it's not a, it's not an HD game. You know, there, there's a difference between Motorstorm and Excite Truck. It's pretty sizable. Um, but Motorstorm, when I was playing it, like the only thing I really enjoyed is is crashing because you'd see all like the cool physics in the HD graphics. And then I realized in the Excite Truck, if you did stuff like that, they reward you. Yeah. And that's kind of when I started coming around to the idea of Excite Truck, when I kind of thought more about that. The yeah, other thing exactly. that we're at about the game is that about the appeal of appeal of the game is that it lies a lot in the controls, or I should say clearly okay, I'm sorry about that. The main appeal of the game also lies in the controls, in that at first it seems like very basic, like just tilt it around and that it doesn't feel like it's going to offer a, a polished control setup, but then you start learning more and more of it, and when you, when you start pulling off tricks real easily, that's when you start to feel really good about yourself and the game. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely say, especially going from this game to the highly underrated sequel, Excitebots, which came out, uh, I believe, two and a half years later, um, that by the time I got to Excitebots, I was like a machine playing this game, like with the controls. Like, it was just very, you know, I got to the point where if you just saw me, like, playing the game, it's like, wait, there are motion controls involved? Because I'd just be doing very, you know, small turns, very quick. Every now and then I'd be shaking the, the remote, you know, furiously. But for the most part, it was just very, very focused and, you know, you know, just controlling. And that's why, like, I feel like it's a triumph of motion controls, because it offers you a lot of precision that I don't really feel like you could have gotten from an analog stick. And especially so early on, it is pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, to be a launch title, 
excuse me, yep. yeah, to be that well executed. Um, I will say that it, playing it gave me s- somewhat of like a F zero vibe, uh, specifically, um, you know, sort of attacking Insanity. opponent, <laughs> yeah, and like attacking opponent drivers and having that be, yeah. you know, a mechanic and a way to. And I mean, in F zero, it just eliminates opponents, so you have a better chance to rank higher. But in this, you actually get. Like you mentioned, stars for destroying opponents. Yeah. So more so than something like Mario Kart, where you're just trying to knock them down so you can pass them, there was that incentive to, well, I could pass them, but maybe I should, you know, make the extra effort to try to run them off the road. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, or, or you know, come them. off a jump and land right on. Land top on of them. them. Yeah, it was so great. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is, uh, Pedro, have you ever played Excitebots, the sequel? I know Scott, you haven't. I have the game actually. I played it and I really like it as well. Yeah, I mean the thing that that does is it makes it even crazier. Like there is literally like, all the all, all the bots like have these kind of arms that grip on the stuff, and like one of the things that you do in that game is you can get a super sandwich, which you get by like you know the arm will grab onto like some kind of pole, and you'll have to like steer it around and collect parts of a sandwich, and then if when you get to the end of it, if you collected everything, you get a super sandwich. <laughs> and then there's stuff like you need to like kick the kick the football between the uprights by running into it in the right way. Like it's crazy. It's funny yeah, because I, I probably I, I was just gonna say I'd probably enjoy the aesthetics of Excite Bots more than I would ex- enjoy Excite Truck. But really, the the not having your own soundtrack on the SD card is really what probably made me not get Excite Bots. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. This was one of maybe I I think Endless Ocean was the only other game to yeah. offer. Offer it. Um, mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, no, I, be- I believe I, I believe you're right. Yeah, and I never played the original Endless Ocean, but with this, I mean, I certainly loaded up my SD card and put that sucker into the system, mm-hmm. and you know, listened to music while I played this, and I, it definitely did make it better. Although the oh, good this... thing is that the the butt rock is not as present <laughs> in Excitebots. It's it's like kind of like the butt rock with an eight bit vibe. So it's yeah. a little more tolerable in that regard. I was going to say, thank, thank goodness they got that SD card support because that original soundtrack for its night drug is awful. <laughs> Just awful. Actually, oh, for me, I actually like this soundtrack because of how awful it is. <laughs> at least for me. At least for it's me. memorable. It's really yeah. memorable. It's <laughs> memorable. I'm going to awful. sing one right now. Neil, you're right. It's forgettable. And you know what? It actually kind of reminds me of F-Zero to a degree. Really? <laughs> like F-Zero X, because now I'm thinking of, of music from both games, and they're kind of blending together. Yeah. Yeah, but it's more memorable. Yeah, <laughs> and it's awfulness. Even, like, every time you uh, every time you would click the, you know, like go to the, the disc channel, and, you know, it would play the little thing before you can click start and actually load the game. Like, there was always this, like, awful, like, guitar riff that would just come yeah. bellowing <laughs> out. <laughs> so bad. That's I'm surprised that Monster game Games did not. I, I, I'm surprised <laughs> that Monster Games did not. Uh, did not somehow weasel that into Pilot Wings Resort, which was a, another <laughs> game that they made, um, which was a 3DS launch title. But yeah, I, Pilot I would Wings Resort had pleasant music. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to the controls a bit, I also remember that this was the time in which you could tell that reviewers did not either play the game fully. Or did not learn the controls because I also remember remember a couple of reviews that said, "Oh, the game sucks because the controllers suck." I heard it, blah blah blah. And people were like, "Dude, did you ever play the game? Did you actually give a damn about it?" Because that's where you could tell where some people actually paid attention to the game, 
they try to learn it, they try to understand it, versus the other people that played it for like an hour or 10 minutes, 30 minutes or so, say, I give up, I go to write the review, I go to get my paycheck, I go to get drunk, see you later, bye. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're you're probably right because it was it, it was definitely there was definitely a learning curve, you know. Yeah. Like it, it definitely took a little time before you felt comfortable with the controls. But like you said, Neil, once you were there, once you like hit that sweet spot where you played about an hour or two, I mean, it just it felt so natural after that. It was there was no struggle with it. Also, I confess that another thing that I used to do with the SD card feature is that I would load up some of the weirdest most unfitting music ever and I would put it in the game so for example I would put like an opera and when it loaded you would hear like the sopranos and everybody singing and you are flying <laughs> down the hill and killing the other trucks and checking your <laughs> controller all set to this really epic and completely random music but it was still better than the original soundtrack so it worked so yeah, it, it was you're right <laughs> Um, I, I guess I'll, I'll add, I, I think we'll probably be almost wrapping up here, but I, I feel like Excite Truck 2 benefited, at least for me, for coming out at that total sweet spot where it was a launch title and there really wasn't too much else on the Wii, like, worth yeah. no other than, like, Wii Sports and Twilight Princess and I, I guess Rayman to some extent. Um, and, like, as far as the 360, I, I think the only thing I was playing at the time uh, was, like, Geometry Wars. So, like, e on either system, there really wasn't anything I was consuming so it totally... i like how geometry wars was the killer app at launch for the 360 it as was. a side note <laughs> really i'm thinking back i'm like i did play through perfect dark zero unfortunately i played some cameo i think i played oblivion but damn that first geometry wars game yeah play the hell out of that it's all anyone played <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean i i really like i love this game sadly i sold my copy when excitebots came out because i realized i was never going back yeah um and I definitely recommend um, if you've never played this game, you know, try to track it down. Or oh, I'm, if you I'm don't sure see, you can. Or, I'm sure you can find it for cheap somewhere. Yeah. Um, or I mean, if you find Excitebots, if you are yep. in North America, because <laughs> it never. Well, it's actually it's a it's a Club Nintendo reward in Japan now. I think. Yeah. You're so, right. you can you can get that over there, but you can't get it in Europe or Australia. I'm sorry. <laughs> play the play the first one again. It's been a long enough time, likely since you first played it. Yeah. It'll all seem new. But, let's just keep our fingers crossed for a Wii U Excite Truck. Yeah, I would I would love that because I really think that you know the series worked really well, and I would like to see it go farther because it already you know Excite Truck was kind of crazy. Excite Bots was was super insane. Um, so I, I just hope they go further off the deep end with yeah. creativity. Monster Games kind of quietly developing into a, a really solid Nintendo. I I guess they're a second party now. Um, with Excite Truck, Excite Bots, that Excite Bike WiiWare game, and mm -hmm. Pilot Wings Resort to their name. But yeah. There Happy five years, Excite Truck. <laughs> Congratulations. Happy um. birthday. You're not quite old enough to get drunk, but we still celebrate it anyway. <laughs> exactly.
Hi, and welcome back to NWR Connectivity. Uh, today, right now we're going to talk to you a little bit about Super Mario 3D Land, the recent 3DS Mario game. Uh, I'm J.P. Corbin, and with me today are Jared Rosenberg. Hello. And James Dawson. Hey. Well, I know, I've been, I've been playing this game a lot lately, and, and I'm really liking it, but uh, I'd like to know everybody here, what were your expectations for this game going into it? Um, let's see, I, I would say my expectations were quite high. Um, yeah. EAD Tokyo Mario game, of course. Um, you know, they right, yeah. hit the ball out of the park with the Galaxy games. Um, I would say, you know, I was expecting the world and more. I mean, I think part of it, for me, I remember, I, I've told this story before, and, you know, I, I'll tell it again, that when we were in the uh, the chat, but for the staff members during E3, when we were trying to cover all the news that was coming out during the Nintendo press conference, I declared this game the 3DS, or I, I declared this game Game of the Year during the E3 press, the, the, during, during the, the press, press conference. conference. Yeah. 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 Uh, and really, based on what I've played, I think it lives up to that. You know, I, I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I expected about the same thing as both of you. Um, there was one problem I had with it, is the lack of boss fights. Because that's one of the things I really like in Mario games. And I mean, it has boss fights, but it's only, I think it's Boomer and the female Boomer? Or Boom Boom. Or yes, something. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the the fights with Bowser are wonderful, though. Those are great. I wish they did those at every world yeah. instead of just every few worlds like they did. Those those were really interesting and a great way to bring like the platforming into the boss battle. Yeah. Um, so, uh, next, you know, we talk about the implementation of the 3D in this game. Now, this game, more so than I think most games that came before it so far on the 3DS, tried to make gameplay that uses the 3D, you know, in a way that it, you know, it not quite requires it, but you're better off because of the 3D. How, how do you guys see that in this game? Um, I, I didn't really feel like that it added a lot to it. Like, I played it with the 3D on at all times, but when I turned it off, I didn't really feel like I was missing anything. Yeah. I mean, I, I started with the 3D on, and I played a lot of it with it, um, and at one, I kind of didn't use it as much. There are certain segments where it's very helpful. Yeah. You know, like, generally you go down a pipe and there'll be, like, a series of blocks, and, you know, it's it's easier to see the positions of the blocks if the 3D's on. But you can still, I, I mean, I could still do it with it off. It just wasn't... Well, they give an example of that if you just leave your system on, and it shows you how to play the game, and there's this thing... There's this these blocks, series of blocks that are, um, they're in some type of like optical illusion, and when you have the 3D off, you just see them put together, and when it's on, right, right, right. you can tell yeah. they're separate. Yeah, and that that happens. I don't know. I've, I've seen that happen numerous points throughout the game. Similar scenarios. I mean, I've played those without the 3D on, and I can still, you know, do them well enough. You can you can kind of see where they are, but I mean, I think in those segments, the 3D is helpful, but most of the time, it's not really important. 
I, I mean, you're talking about those bonus levels, which you usually enter from a pipe, where, like, right. it, it'll actually say 3D in the bottom right corner. Yes, and, and that is nice. <laughs> that's that's a nice way to do it, because, you know, three, playing with... I don't usually play with 3D on in most games. Mm-hmm. I mean, largely for battery reasons. I mean, they, yeah. the, it, it eats a lot of battery to do it that way, and it, it lasts longer if I don't. But it's, it's nice for it to come out and tell me, you might want to turn this on. Yeah, and I think with other 3DS games, I found myself getting kind of, maybe not queasy, but just my eyes feel strained after a while. I didn't have that problem with this. Right, I'll agree with that. I think the 3D is very well done in this. It it doesn't, there there are a couple areas where they're they're trying to put something 3D, like, in the foreground. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I had some eye troubles with those a little bit, not too much, but most of the time... Yeah, the, the 3D is really well done. By by eye trouble, you're saying your eyes were hurting, or they were yeah they were yeah hurting a little bit yeah. Never. And it, and that was for both uh, if you did um, both settings of the 3D. Right, and from what I yeah I mean I didn't play with it too much, but yeah. So what do you guys think about the uh, the different settings of the 3D where you uh, use the D-pad to change it? Um, I mean. I, I'll admit I haven't messed around with that too much. I, I pretty much always play the game with um the with with the setting where you press up on the D pad, which I guess that's where the three D is popping out of the screen, not going into the screen. Um but uh you know, I, I think it's I think it's awesome they give you the option, but uh you know, I think you know, everyone will personally find one that works best for them. Yeah, I didn't realize there were, you could do this. I didn't realize pressing the D-pad or anything would alter this. I so I played through most of the game without knowing that was a thing. I just played on default the whole time. Um, so the, this game, a lot of the reviews and a lot of the opinions people have of the game seem to indicate that the post-game content, what you get after you finish the the, the, the main campaign of it, is is really the best part of the game. Now, I personally haven't gotten there yet. I'm still in World 8, but what what do you guys think of that content? It's really nice. It, it's a lot harder than the other levels, though. Right, and that's what everybody seems to say is the difficulty. Now, and what I've played so far, I've been very stubborn about going back and getting all the star coins and the flag in each level so far. So it's like that ups the difficulty of the earlier parts of the game when you go for it that way, but it's, yeah. it's still not too hard, so I'm, I'm looking forward to the challenge of the, the later stuff. I, yeah. I think it is, it's definitely a lot harder, but I still think it's not, un, unless, it's not till the very last stages where I think mm-hmm. it gets extremely difficult. Well, it's not on a galaxy level of difficulty no, no. at all. I know, I, I think I... Finished it about 100% a day before Zelda came out, and I put about, I think, 15 hours into it. The majority of that time was spent on the special levels, though, because I, I went really quickly through the normal game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've been, I mean, it's taken me time, you know. Like like I said, some of those star coins can be pain in the ass to get. Um, oh, yeah. So, and I've, I've heard that it's even worse on the, the special stages, but, I mean, even in the earlier parts of the game, you know, it, it, like, they, they're they're hidden decently sometimes. It's like, the weird thing, in my experience, is 
I was having a harder time finding the star coins in the earlier parts of the game, but since like World 6, 7, 8 and that, it seems like it's easier. Maybe it's just I'm more used to the way the game hides them, yeah. so I'm better at picking them out, but it, it, it seems I had more trouble with that earlier on. Yeah. I, do you guys think, uh, compared to uh, New Super Mario Brothers Wii and, uh, I guess, New Super Mario Brothers, that uh, the star coins are much easier to find? Yeah, I had a much easier time finding them. I don't know about much. I think it's probably a bit easier, at least so far. Um, you know, they, more of them are out in the open. More of them are, you know... Because they, there are some ones in New Super Mario Brothers Wii, especially, that... You know, even you see them and you're like, how do I get to that? Right, right. You know, and like, but th this one, you know, it's just, it, they're, they're usually there. You'll usually see them. Well, one of the problems I had with New Super Mario Brothers Wii is where when you collected the star coins and then say if you lost all of your lives before the uh, one of the mini castles, mm -hmm. you, you lose them. You have to go all the way back and get them. Right, right. The, the game didn't say. I, I like that about this. That yeah. It saves after every level. It, you, every time you complete a level, it, it saves the game right there. So, yeah, that that's nice. It's good for you know a handheld game to to save, you know, like that. Because yeah. I remember New Super Mario Brothers on DS. You know, you can only quick save, which works well. But it's it's it's, it's nice that in this one you can save. It just automatically saves. Yeah. So, you know, you guys, you've both beaten the game, you've both 100% the game? Yeah, I, I haven't 100%ed. Uh, I'm on, uh, I guess, the eighth world of, uh, eighth, uh, eighth world of the special world. Yes, and, and I'm, I'm in the eighth world of the, the regular world, so I, I've got a lot left to play. But so far, what, what would you say are your favorite parts of this game? What, what do you like the most? Um, I really enjoy the ba uh, the Bowser battles because it's it's really similar to the old game, but they've they put a lot of a lot more platforming into it. Right. So. Yes. I, I I I think those are great. I wish there were more of them. I mean, yeah. it's always disappointing to get to the end of a world and just to face Boom Boom. Well, there. You know, what, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there are actually some stages. Go ahead. Perfect. Oh no, I was just gonna say you're in for a treat when you uh, play the final Bowser level. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there are actually some stages later on in the special levels where you'll um, you'll get to a castle and you'll expect at least maybe a fight with uh, Boom Boom, and there is no fight. You just go to the flag. Yeah, I mean the Boom Boom fights. I mean they're not as good as the Bowser, but they're yeah. not bad. Well, you know, especially some of the later ones, they 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 yeah. mix it up. I mean the last one I played, you had both the Boom Boom and the the female Boomerang Boom Boom, and so you had to fight them both at once. Yeah. With, um, you know, I, I think that you know it was it was challenging. It wasn't mm. that creative or anything, but it, it it was something challenging at least. So, well, I think there's a level where you fight both of them, but it's not at once. But what it is, the entire floor is filled with spikes, so you have yeah. to watch where the floor levels are. And I thought that was kind of neat. I, uh, one thing I, I feel that was really cool about this game was, uh, the swimming levels. I feel like this is the first game that, um, brought the swimming levels from the original Super Mario Brothers to, like, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I mean, the, you know, even, you know, in Galaxy, they kind of just admitted that they weren't any good, and they gave you the shell with the motor on yeah. it to make it go better. But in this, this, they brought in more of the elements of the... I mean, I think it's because it's it's largely 2D in a lot of segments. I mean, you switch directions, but it's very linear in that way, so you can bring back more of the feel of the old 2D Mario's. Um, you know, yeah, there have been, there are some great water-based levels in this game. So, what did you guys think of the uh, the way Nintendo handled the uh, Super Guide? Well, it's not really the Super Guide, but they're using the P-Wing and the, uh, I think it's the, is it the Golden Tanooki Leaf? Yeah, they, yeah. yeah something like that. It, it's, I guess, what, what they first, they get, yeah, they give you the, uh, if you die five times, they give you the uh, Tanooki Leaf that pretty much makes you invincible. Is that, does that sound correct? Yeah, I think so. And And then if you die ten times... They give you. I, I don't think I've ever done that, but I've whatever had. they, whatever they give you, lets you skip to the end of the stage. Yeah, the pee wing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes, yeah. Yeah, I've I've run into some of those a couple times. You know, very stubborn star coins that I was having trouble with, but uh, I, I've never used them. I, I've just seen the box pop up there, and it's always frustrating and kind of depressing to see that pop up. It's like really, you know. I don't want that. Yeah. Do you think that's more use uh, useful for uh, new players than the super guide is? Well, I mean, I I think it's. I'm not sure. I mean, it's like this. This way is nice because they can still play the game. You know, I mean, I, I think at least with the, the golden tanuki suit, that lets you you can still play through the level if if you're having trouble, you know, dying from enemies. That that's a better way to do it. You know, so it's one way to do it. I, I like the, the way that Nintendo's done this with the Super Guide across a lot of their games, because I think I, I have noticed it, and, you know, it's been noticeably more difficult, you know, more challenging in some of their games lately because of it, at least from what I've seen, and I, I like that. It's So I'm, I'm happy with what they've done. There, there's one negative aspect of it, um, which I feel um, it's not really... Um, being anti super guide, but um, I guess are are you guys familiar um, how uh, you get this on the uh, title screen for your file? How you get stars? I guess as you you get a star after you beat the game. I guess if yeah. you get all the star coins, you get a star. Things like that. Yeah, I think you get one with the uh, the flags as well. So those stars, if you if the super guide comes up once, if you die five times on any level. Um, you lose um, shiny stars, if this makes any sense. Um, hmm. Basically, your stars on the title screen would shine if you if that never happens. But if you... Uh, not, I mean, I'd heard something of that. I didn't know what the specifics were. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I've already seen the Super Guide pop up a couple times. Yeah, I have so, too. So, uh... So that's it. You can't... Mine aren't going to shine. Yeah. And, uh, it gives me a reason to start another file. Yeah, that's yeah. What I'm <laughs> So, um... I don't know. I, I, I just... I'm annoyed by that. I guess Nintendo really wants to reward the people who... Maybe they should have just done it. it. Maybe they should have uh, only did that if they used it. Yeah, I think that would be a better way to do it. I agree. Is, is yeah. to, to take that away if you use it. I mean, if it just pops up and I've... I've seen it come up and I just ignore it. I run past it and I start playing the level like I usually would. 
So, I mean, I think it would be better if, yeah, if it, if it just did that if you use the suit, not if you just saw it. Um, you know, I, I think this game is great. Like I said, I, I predicted this would be my game of the year, and so far it has been, although I haven't played Zelda yet, so we'll see. But, but, but you have opened the box. I have opened the box. I have opened the box, and the disc is in my Wii, but I have not started playing it yet. Um, but did you guys, were there anything about it that disappointed you, where it didn't live up to your expectations? Because I know, for me, one thing that was annoying in certain places was, you know, like I said, I've been going for all the star coins, and there are places where star coins require a certain power-up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a, a Tanuki suit or a Fire Flower. But, I mean, it's like in Super Mario Bros. 3, which this game is very clearly inspired by in a lot of ways, you had an inventory. You could you could accumulate power-ups and make it easy to just pull one out when you needed it. In this game, you can't do that. You just have the, the power-up you have and the power-up you... the one power-up you have in storage. And it can be annoying when, like, there was one world where I needed a Fire Flower to get one of the Star Coins... So I had to go back to an older level and play through it in its entirety to get the Fire Flower and then bring it back to the to the newer level, which I found annoying. I mean, I guess that's been a problem with all the recent uh, Mario games, that, or maybe not Galaxy, but, well, not Galaxy, but uh, you know how in New Super Mario Brothers you, there would be certain levels where you would have to have the uh, the tiny mushroom. Right. And well, New Super Mario Brothers Wii did have an inventory. You, you could build up items in that one. Yeah. So I, I, I wish they just brought that over into this so that I could have a few extra fire flowers or tanuki suits that might come in handy. Right, right. Yeah, that would have been a lot of help. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I, other than just the fact that it doesn't have as much bosses, uh, boss battles as Galaxy and other things, I was a little bothered by the uh, level select screen because it's really simple. Mm-hmm. And I really like the way they handled the uh, level selection and Super Mario 64 and the first mm-hmm. Galaxy game, and I would like to see that come back. Yeah. Mario 64? Yeah. Yeah, Peach's Castle. The castle. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. I mean, I, I liked exploring the castle in Mario 64. I mean, I think it was much better in Mario 64 than in Galaxy. In Galaxy, yeah, it is. There, was, there wasn't as much reward to exploring, but in, in 64, there was a lot of cool stuff hidden around if you did look for it, and... and I like that, um, but, uh, you know, I, I like the, the level map. I, I would have preferred something more like, Mario you know, New Super Mario's Wii, New Super Mario Wii, where you have, I mean, like I said, this game is clearly inspired by Super Mario 3 in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and so I think they should have had an overworld similar to that instead of just the very simple linear progression that you have in, in the world maps in this one. Yeah, this one's very similar to Galaxy 2. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right, yes. I mean, I guess EAD Tokyo's never actually made a map like that, and since this game was made on a bit of a, uh, you know, a short schedule, they may not have wanted to uh, tackle something like that. Right, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I would have rather had it that way. It's it's not that important. I mean, the levels are what I care about, so it's like, the, the levels are great. You know, the, you know so it's... Yeah, I would have preferred a better world map, but that's just, you know... And I, I guess this works better for a handheld game, so you can just get to the level and play it? Yeah, that's yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, that, that's there's something to that. Mm-hmm. And especially since it's, the way they're structured is, like, 
the earlier worlds, you only have like three or four levels per world, and so pulling out maps, the, like in New Super Mario Wii or in Super Mario Bros. 3, where they usually had a lot more levels per world. Right, right. So it, would, it wouldn't have worked as well. We may have figured that one out. Yes. Um, so does anyone else have anything to say about Super Mario 3D Land? Let's see. Yeah, yeah I think that's about covers. I mean, I, I, I'll say that I think if if you were on the fence about a 3DS, if you thought, well, there's not much there for a 3DS, this is, this is a system seller. This is a game that's like, you should buy a 3DS to play this game, because it is that good. It is, I would say, not quite as good, maybe, as the Galaxy games, but certainly in their league. You know, yeah. certainly on, on this, you know, in the same kind of discussion as those games, and, and those are some of my favorite games ever, some of the best games I've ever played, so I love this game, I think it's fantastic, so if, if you've been thinking about a 3DS, this is definitely a, a good reason to pick one up. Alright, that'll do it for this week. As always, you can send us listener mail to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com We do make a good effort to read any listener mail we get on the show, so if you've got any questions for us or any uh, comments, Feel free to send them our way. Also, if you've got time, please rate and review us on iTunes. Most of the reviews there are for the newscast and not for the new connectivity format, so we'd love to get some fresh opinions and thoughts on there. Thanks a lot, and we'll be back next week.